And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. We are back. It is the Monday crew with the Athletic Hockey Show. Ian Mendes and Julian McKenzie with you for the next hour. We're going to wrap up uh, what happened on the weekend in the NHL. Look at a couple of hot stories around the league, like we always do on a Monday. Kind of just get you set for the week that was and the week that will be in the NHL. You know, Julian, one of the themes that we always hear with people is, you know, you got to keep sports and politics separate. Stop mixing Sports and politics. Stick to sports. Stick to sports. You know, stick to sports. You know, would you ever? I'd love to go to one day to like. uh, I'm trying to think. What would be something that I'm trying to think? What would like? Big city. Trying to think of something that rhymes. Okay, here we go. I'd love to go to. I'd like to go on social media and like go attack a shipping company or like a sailor and say, you know what? Stick to ports. That's what I want to do. That's why I want to stick to ports. How long did it take for you to come up with that, Ian? It it just, no, that just literally just came up to me right now. And that's why I I thought you were going to be like, I would love to go to some municipal meeting. And then whenever like some politician decides to veer off track with like discussing, you know, important matters as it pertains to uh, city life or anything like that. And maybe they want to be like, oh, let's talk about the baseball game that happened today. And then you're like, stick to politics. That's right. I thought we were going to do that. No, no, I was thinking like stick to ports. Stick, stick but... to ports. That might be one of the – that is a dad joke. You really are a father, Ian. Yeah, that, that, that confirms it right there. No, the reason why I want to bring this stuff up, stuff up though, sports, politics, is Joe Biden 
drop the Maple Leafs joke that I feel like we need to dissect the joke. Okay? This is where this, we're at and this the is NHL not season, a, people. Joe Biden is driving the conversation of the National yeah. Hockey League. So for people who don't know, listeners don't realize, Joe Biden was in my town last week, right here in Ottawa. And he addressed Parliament Hill, like, uh, you know, which is you know basically like Congress in the United States, and had an opportunity to, to address the politicians of Canada, and during it, decided to, to diss the Toronto Maple Leafs. So have a listen. Here's Joe Biden just randomly taking a shot at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Our labor unions cross borders. So do our sports leagues. Baseball, basketball, hockey. Listen to this, hockey. I have to say, I like your teams except the Leafs. the Flyers back in January. That's why. And if I didn't see that, I married a Philly girl. If I didn't say that, I'd be sleeping alone, fellas. I like you, but not that much. <laughs> All right. So after I got raked over the coals for my dad joke, and rightfully so, uh, I still feel like I have the right, though, to kind of dissect this Biden comment because, look, mm -hmm. I get it. I know. This was all written for you by a speechwriter. I get it. You didn't actually come up with this on your own. But of all the things to kind of mock the Maple Leafs for, be angry at the Maple Leafs, yeah, they beat the Flyers in January is lame. Like, come on. Julian, come up, come up with something better for why you want to rip on the Maple Leafs. I, I I'm with I, I I can side with you there because there are so many other things, only other reasons why you could rip you could rip on them. But like to be clear, the Leafs are not the only Canadian team who beat the Flyers at any point this year. Uh, I believe the Flames did as well. Um, I'm trying to remember who put out a tweet listing out all the Canadian teams who did beat the Flyers this year. But the Flyers are not a good team. They, they're very easy to beat up on, at least this year. But because the Toronto Maple Leafs are the team that they are and they are very easy to make fun of, it's a lot easier to put them in such a joke compared to like the Edmonton Oilers. Like if Joe Biden was all like, oh no, I can't stand Connor McDavid because he beat the Edmonton Oilers. It'd be, sorry, because he beat my Flyers. He'd be like, oh, like, okay, that's kind of weird. Like, why would you sing like the Oilers? Like there's so many other teams. Like we'd focus on that more, but because it's the Leafs, it's like, huh, this is just another thing to add on to the heap that has been piled up on the Leafs with everything that they've endured in their history. Oh, you haven't won a first round series since 2004. Oh, you lost to a Zamboni driver. Oh, the president of the United States doesn't like you. Like, it's just, it is what it is as far as I'm concerned with the trauma police. By the way, Joe Biden, Syracuse alum, by the way, I should mention. That. Yeah. I just, you know what? I just think I get it. I know what you're trying to do. That just felt so forced and fake. Like most politicians, when they talk about sports, right? Like when they have those stupid mayoral bets between two cities in a playoff series, like you don't like if you those? win, we're going to send you some Maryland crab cakes, and if we win, we're going to send you, uh, you know, whatever. What's in? Chicago deep dish pizza. Like there's, there's, you don't, so you don't you guys like those? don't know what you're I talking about. I always thought those were cool. That was like, that's like a nice fun thing between like 
the mayors of two cities, they they get at each other. Uh, you know, it's it's all in good fun. It's good mayoral back and forth. Um, you know, like in the playoffs, I'm sure that'll happen. I'm sure the mayor of Edmonton will probably have something going on with, I don't know, the mayor of Los Angeles or something about a potential Oilers King series if we get that. Like, that, those are kind of fun little stories to to track. I like those. Why'd you go high voice on me there? You went high voice because you don't even believe what you're saying. You're like, oh, oh yeah, 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 don't yeah. I do think that. Uh, I think that's Ian. great when the mayors bet with each Ian. other. I think it's awesome. Sometimes you went Johnny High Voice on me. I don't. I, wow, Johnny High Voice. Okay, it means right, you don't clearly. believe what you're saying. That's not true. That's not true. Sometimes my voice has those weird inflections. I don't make fun of you every time you do the <laughs> intro of the show and you're like, it's time for the Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. I don't point oh, he- that out. How come? How? Yeah, like, like, whoa, your voice went up there. Do you not like doing the Monday show, Ian? Huh? Well, I don't know if I like it. See, see, I went well, high voice. No, it's not making fun of me, Ian. <laughs> Here's what I think. Okay. Here's the Biden joke. Here's the Biden. There was an easy opportunity for him to make a joke of some that would have landed better. Like, so did, did you see? So part of his announcement was, um, he said that U.S. and Canada were going to jointly return to the moon, right? Did you see this? I don't know if oh, you saw I, this. Biden oh. addresses Parliament Hill and says, you know, we're going to go to the moon together. Easy joke for him would have been something along the lines of, and by the way, the Maple Leafs have not won a Stanley Cup since we put a man on the moon. <laughs> see, you're laughing. Good. That's, That's good. good. That's actually really That's good. <laughs> timely quality humor. Like that would have been better be than this long story about how the Flyers beat the Leafs uh, in January. Ian, who are your favorite comedians of all time? I want to know what your humor's like. Uh, you're not going to like this because this is like the, you know, it's like it's the Jerry Seinfeld, Jim Gaffigan, family friendly. They're cool stuff for me. That's okay. They're fine. Like Jim Gaffigan, yeah. whenever I hear jokes from him, he always seems to be funny. Jerry Seinfeld, like. The show yeah. itself was great. Like, it's pretty good. Um, I feel like all the comedians I like, I don't know if they, I feel like they haven't really aged all that well. Like, they're not, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've been canceled? I, something like that. Or just, like, the jokes just don't age well. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, remember when people like Chris Rock? I don't think people like Chris Rock as much anymore. Right. Dave Chappelle, yeah, that's kind of gone down a little bit. Uh, over his last few stand-up routines as well. Um, I wonder how people feel about Eddie Murphy's early work. Like, I think Eddie Murphy's hilarious. Oh, like, like, like raw and delirious raw and all that stuff? Raw and delirious and yeah. stuff, yeah. I wonder how people feel about that. But, like, yeah, like, I think that's just, like, I think when I was a little younger, like, those were, like, the people, like, I really, like, like. And now it's, like, okay, like, who, like, I still kind of like stuff in that vein when they're not being controversial. Right. We don't have to divert the podcast to... Talks no. about controversial comedians, but like that's I think where I'm kind of at. <laughs> we don't have to divert. We don't have yeah. to divert there. We don't have to do a podcast on that. Let's go back to dad jokes and Joe let's Biden. go back to to bad bad dad jokes. And look, I I just I don't know. I'm done with politicians who don't know anything about sports trying to weigh in on sports. That's all. I guess that's my only point. So did you like when Barack Obama would weigh in on sports? He seemed like he knew what he was talking about. He did. Like, even like when he used to do, like, the final four brackets and stuff. Yeah. He like, still kind of does, I think. Yeah. And it looked like he kind of knew what he was talking about, right? 
Yeah, he looked like it. He looked like, I mean, yeah. he, plus he played ball too. You, we've seen videos of him shooting hoops and whatever. But, like but I he, hate. He's, he's, he, 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 knew, he looked like he knew what he was talking about. The, the all-time worst, though, is the Bill Clinton when he has Detroit come to the White House. The oh. Red Wings have won, I think, their first, either their first or their second Stanley Cup there in the late 90s. And Bill Clinton does the, and, you know, Detroit wins this, of course, thanks to the courageous play of their captain, Steve Azerman. Oh, Steve Azerman. Oh, that's so crazy. Steve Azerman. I would have thought you would have said when uh, Justin Trudeau had that celebrity boxing match a couple years ago, like well before he was prime minister. That was also kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah, but at that point, you're not the person in charge, right? That's true. Like you were, right? Yeah, he, you were, you were just, he was just the son of a person who used to be in charge. Yeah. That's I, true. Yeah. I don't know. Th- those awkward. Here, okay. Here, here's a legitimate question. I actually don't know sure. the answer to this. Because it's been 30 years since the Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. So we've seen professional sports teams for the most part. I know that the the practice has been halted for a variety of reasons last few years. uh, But they would go visit the White House, right? When you win a championship, go. If somebody wins the Stanley Cup, do they go to Parliament Hill? Do they visit? Like That was my thinking. That was. I don't I, see I, any reason why they wouldn't do that. But has like, it how happened? Not, like, especially when, when especially the Oilers if, were winning, were they coming and visiting like Brian Mulrooney? I don't. I, I I've never seen footage of this. I, I here's my thinking. I think because we're in a time where it has been so long since we've seen a Canadian team uh, make it and win the Stanley Cup. That's all the more reason for whoever is prime minister, whenever that happens, to be like, "Hey, y'all are coming here." And we're going to celebrate this. And, and I guess the only other reason why they would visit like a U.S. I mean, the Raptors, when they won an NBA Finals, they didn't they didn't go to the White House, did they? No, no. They didn't go to White they House. Go to, but I don't think they came to Parliament Hill, did they? No. I well, don't remember. My, well, my thinking is, yeah. I think maybe like, they why? did. I don't know if they did. Did they? I think we're going to have to. Big Chris is going to have to look this up for us, but like I don't remember if they did, and I wonder because if they when they won in twenty nineteen, I wonder if the day they would have gone to Parliament Hill would have been when when all of COVID went down, right? Because the very next year is COVID, and that wrecked everything. And in fact, I'm wondering if you're the Raptors and you didn't have that have that time, do you like at any point did you like retroactively like want that day in Parliament? But yeah, that's interesting. But, that's a but really they don't have a question. bunch. Of, they had like what one. Chris Boucher, like they wouldn't have had, it wouldn't have meant a lot to the core of that team to visit Parliament Hill. I guess, but at the same time, they are Canada's only team in the league. So they, and all those players, like, especially through that run, like they have to, they've definitely understood that like they were playing uh, for a country. I know a lot of people like, nah, you know, Canada's team and all that. But with the way that Canadians went around the Toronto yeah. Raptors that year, like, it really became Canada's team. Like, that was a whole thing in itself. So, like, if they didn't realize they were playing for a country before then, they would have understood that. So the idea of them going to Parliament Hill, like, some of those players, I would assume, would realize, like, oh, yeah, right, this is a big deal for us to be here. If that I, opportunity was afforded to them. But, again, my my guess is just that COVID might have washed away any potential opportunity for that. But I, I don't know. Our producer, Chris Flannery, has said his very first search, the Montreal Canadiens did not visit Parliament Hill when they won the Stanley Cup uh, 30 years ago. So, I, yeah, so I don't, why I don't is think that it was not a thing. a thing? I don't know. Why is that not a thing? Is it just because, like, 
the logistics of it aren't good. Like it's just it just wasn't a, like how long has it been a thing for teams to visit the White House? Well, they were like, doing it in the like the NFL teams would always go in the 80s for sure. Uh, you know. There's a great there's great footage of George Bush Sr. throwing a football pass to uh, Jerry Rice of San Francisco. And there's there's a clip of George Bush. And again, these are classic, poorly written jokes by politicians. But he makes a joke about, well, there's a new hit TV show coming out this fall. It's called Miami Rice. Oh, and it's like oh, wah, that is wah. so bad. That's that's Whoa. that's that's as bad as stick to ports. Me telling a sailor to stick to ports. I'd rather stick to ports than Miami Rice. Do we do we call up our Flyers reporter Charlie O'Connor and tell him to stick to torts? Anytime he, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to think outside the box here. <laughs> that's- Good. Charlie, but also so bad, but also stick so good to towards. Okay, stick to towards. This is this anyway. is going to get off the rails. Okay, yes. Um, it is. On the weekend, I want I want to ask you because it was a great. It was a nationally televised game in the United States on ABC. Mm. It's Pittsburgh, it's Washington, and it was a wild one. The Penguins are up three nothing, Julian, and the Caps come back. They make it three three, and then Evgeny Malkin. The stage is set for him. Uh, Intercepts the puck in the neutral zone, comes in, scores the game winner, and you could see his celebration. It almost felt like that maybe saved their playoff chances or enhanced their playoff chances, whatever. Um, I ask you this because that was a really, really big blow to Washington's postseason chances. Mm. Is there any way that that moment was the last great moment we'll ever see in the rivalry between Washington and Pittsburgh in this sort of iteration of the? Gino, Sid, Backstrom, Ovechkin. This is this was that the last great moment, you think? That's a great question. Uh in terms if you mean great in terms of games like actually mattering, there is a chance that it could be, but also like I think as long as you have the two figureheads on each side in terms of Alexander Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby, there's always going to be that potential for some kind of epic game. And the fact the crazy thing is is seeing these guys in their mid veering towards late thirties, still playing at a high level, like the, the opportunity for like another like multi-goal game performance from either of those guys going against each other. Like that there's always going to be that I think. And I still think, and I made this point during the all-star game and I still think the NHL should do this. I still think when it comes time, they should have Crosby and Ovechkin be captains for the all-star game and have guy like let them pick in a draft and make that a competition throughout that weekend. That I think would be like I mean maybe even if it is for fun, that could also be added to the legacy. I think there are still different uh things that could happen uh because it doesn't seem as if either of those players are are going to retire anytime soon. And I get I get it. Gino exists. Nicholas Backstrom, I mean Nicholas Backstrom's health is one thing, but there are other players in the Washington Capitals as well. Like that rivalry could still be a thing, but it really starts with those two players. And I think as long as those two players are still playing at a high level, there's no way you can you can you could think like, okay, that's the, the, the like I think there's still potential for another great moment in that rivalry. And I and I'm I realize I'm hijacking that conversation to make the point 
about how the NHL should really do a Crosby versus Ovechkin thing at the uh, at the NHL All-Star game at some point in the future, but they really should. If they really want that product to uh, you know, improve and not have people just whine at home be like, "Oh, this is just for sponsors and, you know, I'm hot and tired of the TV presentation." They want people to get in even if it's just the hardcore fans. Like I really think getting two players who have been the who've been the best players for the better part of like 15 years that's a way to get them in. That's a way to extend that rivalry for another year or so. I just think because Washington, it looks like they're going to miss the playoffs. The Penguins, it feels like they're hanging on by their fingernails. Yeah. I think the next time we might see Crosby and Ovechkin and Malkin and, and kind of play a game that matters, and this is really fingers crossed, is some sort of best-on-best best tournament. And you hope that it happens while they are still in this window. And I, I don't know. I see you shaking I don't your head. Think I, get that. You don't think so? I don't eh? think they'll get that. I don't think so. I just feel like with the way that, for one, doesn't seem like the players are going to the Olympics anytime soon. Two, the World Cup. Like, when is that happening? Like, it feels like it's getting pushed back almost every time I hear about it. And even then, like, of yeah. course, you have both those players, like, there. I mean, that might be that last time. But, like... Even then, like what's stopping, you know, some other issue to come in and, and push the tournament back? Like it just it just doesn't seem so set in stone for me. It does not seem like a guarantee. Like we're wondering if Crosby and McDavid are going to be able to play with each other. Right. Like if we're worried about that, like I don't know if we're going to get Crosby versus Ovechkin again. Like and 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 we haven't even got into uh, issues with Russia. Right now, we don't even know if a best on best competition were to happen. We do not know right now if Russia would be included, which would abolish, which would obliterate any opportunity of us seeing Crosby versus Ovechkin. Yeah, no, it's a great point. It's it's at that stage. It's just yeah, it's it's maddening. I I know the the discourse that's out there after the the World Baseball Classic really had some traction, and uh, you want to see your 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 best push. You know, it's wild to me too, though. Like you're talking about, you want to see one best-on-best tournament with McDavid and Crosby as teammates. Think about this for a second, Julian. We only got one best-on-best tournament with Gretzky and Lemieux, where they were teammates. That's it. And that was the 1987 Canada Cup. You know how old those two guys were when they played that tournament? Wayne Gretzky Uh, was 26. Wow, Wayne Gretzky was 26. Mario Lemieux was 21. And if you would have told me at that moment, that's it. They will never play as teammates again in a best-on-best, I wouldn't have believed it. I went, come on, these guys are in their prime. 26 and 21, they got Canada Cups. They got Never played again because Mario had the back issues for the Canada Cup in the early 90s. They, you know, they would just alternate between, you know, Mario briefly retired there when 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 the, the league went to Nagano. And, you know, so it just, the stars never aligned. Isn't that crazy? One time. And they were both in their prime. Okay, now I have another question for you because uh, the Shohei Otani, Mike Trout uh, at bat, like that's probably the coolest thing that's happened in baseball probably since, and this might be controversial to say, probably since the Barry Bonds home run chase. That's probably the coolest thing that's happened in the sport since then. I wonder, what is the NHL equivalent of that? Like if we're watching a best-on-best tournament and we're seeing two guys at the top of their powers and you know what? I will even like exclude the fact that like Shohei and Trout are on the same team. What is the NHL equivalent of that 
whether at a best, it probably at a best on best tournament. Like, what's the equivalent of that moment? Well, I I think you know it would be pretty cool if you want to do the teammate thing. How about we get to a shootout, and it's Canada, and it's Russia, and mm-hmm. it's Steven Stamkos against Vasilevsky. That's really and cool. Is that the same thing? Like, those are two really great players, but like, like man, I mean, like, I, I, don't I, know I mean, look, they're... McDavid, McDavid is one. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, Dreisaitl, McDavid, head to head in a can, but. Matthews you know, McDavid, like Matthews going at McDavid in, in a three-on-three overtime situation. Yeah, Canada-USA, Canada, I think, like of all the rivalries right now that feel like they would have the most bite in a best-on-best, best, it feels like it would be Canada and the United States, right? Absolutely, because if you look so, at that U.S. roster, the potential of what it could, could have, Johnny Gaudreau, Jack Eichel, Matthew Kachuk, Brady Kachuk, you could probably fit him in on a line somewhere too, Charlie McAvoy at the back end as well. Adam uh, Fox, a whole host. Adam right. Fox, who's arguably like the best defenseman in the world. Uh, Connor, Hel- I mean, your goaltending, Connor Hellebuck could be back there too. Jake Ottinger might get a chance as well. Like, it, it's juicy, not just because of the talent that the U.S. is able to assemble. The USA could beat Canada if if we were having have a tournament right now, right now. You could make an argument the U.S. could beat Canada. I'm not saying it would happen. I'm saying you could make the argument. Uh, when I did uh, an episode of the CJ show with CJ a couple of days ago, CJ mentioned the idea, you know, what if we had a Canada versus U.S. like series, like a summit series? Like that would be a really cool way to get people, especially in North America anyway, uh, to watch some kind of best on best. Like if you're not going to get Sweden, you're not going to get Russia, you're not going to get all these other countries, fine. But you get Canada and U.S. where there is already a natural oh. rivalry border rivalry like and and canada has the talent that they have and the u.s has the talent that it has like that could work you know you pitch it to espn you pitch it to tnt like that could be a cool seven games here's what i think you do now here tell me if you think this is a great idea bad idea somewhere in between i like what i I like what you're doing i like what you're thinking now we alternate the best of seven with the men's and the women's program game one Canada men versus USA men. Game two, Canadian women against US. And you alternate. No way. It's pretty evenly matched. Yo, Who says no? No. That, you grow. Yo, 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 yo. Hold on. Hold on. So you make it like a, oh. You know what I so mean? Wait, how do you? So the one thing I have a question with is how do you go about alternating which program gets what? Because I'm, I'm into the idea of like both men and women's senior programs. If you want to get real crazy, put in the juniors as well. Like have both sides come up with like a U20 team as well for the men's side. If you want to include the women, or maybe it gets a little crazy if you add those in. But if you have both senior programs go in and like, they're both kind of working with each other to like get like a win in the series. Like, and maybe like it comes down to like the women's team for like one nation to secure it all for everybody. Like that would be pretty interesting. That'd be pretty cool. Or you could do, like when Canada played Russia in the original Summit Series, it was a best of eight. And yes. then they were going to determine, I think, goal differential. You could do that if you wanted to make sure you had four games from the men, four from the women. And you, like, I don't know. That's I'm just, again, true. It's just off the top of my head. Much like that port joke, just off the top of my head. So This is way better than the port This joke. is much better. Anyway, like, I think there's some merit to it where certainly – 
you could attract a lot of eyeballs on both sides of the border. And I mm -hmm. think you would help, uh, you know, elevate the women's game and you would be really invested emotionally in how these games went, right? Canada, you'd want to win. Yeah, anyway, there's a thought. Yeah, any opportunity for either side to beat the other, they relish at that opportunity in hockey. And like, I get a lot of people like Canada, Russia, but like Canada, USA, just in almost any sport where there's some kind of competition, I know it's really hockey, but like, you, you relish that opportunity if you're in Canada to beat the States. And in hockey, especially if you're the States, like because Canada wins so much, you relish that opportunity to beat Canada when you have that chance. I did not consider the idea that you could find a way to fuse both the senior men and women's program in a series that could work. But I'm very curious if like the the players would be up for it. Like that is a pretty unique idea. And if that is the way we could see the collection of talent that the U.S. has right now play at a high level and see uh, Team Canada have Connor McDavid and 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 Sidney Crosby play together. You mentioned Steven Stamkos. Steven Stamkos, as far as I'm concerned, has never played for Canada at the Olympic level because of either youth or injuries. And at this point, age might also be a reason why he might not be able to play for team. Like we thought maybe in 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 2022 that might have been it, but COVID kind of derailed that, right? Like, like Steven, Steve, they didn't put him man. they didn't put him on the Vancouver team because they thought he was too young in 2010. Too young. Yes. He broke his leg in 2014. He did. They didn't send NHLers in 2018. 2018. And and COVID in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so they didn't uh, say NHLers a, again. It's been a tough go for sure. For I can't think of any other NHLer in the history of the league who has been more hard done by that process of picking for the Olympic team than Steven Stamkos. Can you think of any other NHL any other and it's weird to call him a snub? Like you could really only say like the first year was when he was truly snubbed. Every other year was just bad luck. Injuries. Uh, 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 just uh, not planning, but like just the league and, and the federations not coming together on something. And then the biggest like global pandemic we've seen this century. I mean, it's the only one we've seen this century, but it's the biggest one we've seen. Well, I, I think back in the day, like, like I said, Mario Lemieux only got in the Canada cup the one time. And then injured that he obviously came back in 2002, but like Steve Eiserman. Julian was a guy that inexplicably in the early years, he was always left off of team Canada. Like, man, like, I think he didn't, didn't play in, in 1987 uh, when they had a cup and he was already one of the best young players. I don't believe he played in 1991. I don't like, like he was kind of a guy who was left off of some best on best teams in the early part of his career. But obviously then he made up for it uh, later on down the road. But yeah, you're right. St Stamkos would be the guy that, I'm not sure it's ever lined up like that for somebody, right? Where you're just missing out. Yeah. Um, just because there's no denying his talent. There's no denying the accolades he's won. There's no denying his play with the Tampa Bay Lightning. A, a lightning for life, essentially. He should have He should have been on, on at least like two of those, three of those teams. That's not bad. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like if you would have, if you would have looked at Steven Stamkos' career and like say, say like 20 years from now, you know, we're still doing this podcast. Or I don't know, like some other person comes in who's like my age and is all like, wow, like Steven Stamkos was great. Why was he never on an Olympic team or anything? And just trying to explain to them like like four different reasons why he yeah. couldn't be on an Olympic team. Potentially five if he still plays. Like, that's insane.
I like how you said in 20 years from now, somebody who's your age comes on to the podcast. Never, ne- ne- could never younger. be somebody my age. It had to be somebody your age. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess it's, I mean, you know, we all learn different things. People but let me put it this way. Let, sport, let me blow so. your mind here. Tell me. In 20 years from now, you will roughly be the age I am now. Kind of ballparkish. Ballpark. Ballpark. <laughs> I think that yeah. we, we just got there's a 17 year difference, right, between us. So yeah, 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 yeah. So ballparkish. You know what? In 20 years from now, in the 2043 edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, you're going to be the guy on here making terrible jokes about ports and moon and whatever, and then you're you're going to accuse your co-host, a young whippersnapper in their 20s, of being a high voice skeptical. And it's all going to be a full circle moment for you. So you're that, so you you'll have retired by then. You'll be uh, you know we'll still be friends by then. Well, Twenty hopefully. years 20 from years? now, I'll be sixty six. Yeah, I think that's it. I'll, I that should be it for me, shouldn't it? Yeah, should be. Yeah, I like to live in this uh, optimistic, idealistic world we're painting right now, considering uh, you know life is finite. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, I want to talk about something else that we saw from the weekend. This is weird, okay? Tell me. This is a story from the Florida Panthers game on the weekend where uh, professional golfer Brooks Kepka uh, was caught on video heckling Aaron Ekblad at the game. In fact, I think we've got the vi- we Can we, Chris, can we play the audio here? Of, yeah. Uh, you're going to hear Brooks Kepka. This is during a game. He's heckling Aaron Eckblad of the Florida Panthers while holding a large orange uh, traffic cone pylon. Have a listen. Uh, this is Brooks Kepka. Ekblad, you suck! All right, so, you know, Julia, this is one of those great little maybe nuances between the Americans and the Canadians. Mm-hmm. Now, in Canada, we would yell, hey, Eckblad, you're a pylon. We would. We would never yell, hey, Ekblad, you're a traffic cone. Would we? That's a very fair point. Is, so I'm, I'm wondering, is that a difference? I don't remember. Like, is tra- like, do Americans know what a pylon is? Let's bring, you know what? Actually, let's bring in our producer, Chris Flannery, who yeah, hails man, you from got, the is, is that time. Jersey Chris, area. You got, you, you, let's you have bring to enlighten him in us on this, man. And let's ask him. Straight up, producer Chris Flannery, uh, 
do you know if I said to you, Aaron Ekblad is a pylon, would you know what that is? Yeah. So thank you for having me. This is very exciting. I, I would know. Uh, yes, I would know what a pylon is just because of the hockey lingo. I can't visualize a pylon. Is it is it the same as a, a traffic cone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay, it's same yes, shape. So, all right. So yeah, it's a traffic cone. Yes, I know what it is. But I, I but honestly, I wouldn't have uh, visualized it that way. But yes. There's also a small community of people who would have been like, oh, that's the logo of the of a VLC media player. Oh, there you go. See that? I know that I got. (laughs) (laughs) See, see (laughs) for the audio files out there. So let's unpack this, though. Why is professional golfer Brooks Kepka taking a run at Aaron Blood? What's your what's your theory on this, Julian? So. Right. So Brooks obviously is uh, he's up in his box. He's got his people around him. Maybe got a little liquored up with him boys, you know, just hanging out doing his thing. And he just wanted to be a fan. And he felt that uh, Aaron Eckblatt's play was not up to snuff. And I actually there's an even bigger question. Where did he get that pylon? Or how traffic did he cone. get it? Or traffic cone. Sorry. Where did he get that? How did Parking he end lot, up? Maybe. In- why, why does he have that? Why does he have that? Like, was there, like, I've never heard of a team give away pylons or traffic cones as a promotional type of tool. I feel like it would be the worst thing you could do considering its connotation in the sport. So how does Brooks have that? Like, what? Like, he's holding it. He's having it near his, like, torso area as well. And then he yells, like, what he says about Aerodeck Blood, like, right near the end. How does he get that cone? That, I think, is a very important question. And we might end up unearthing a very interesting night for Brooke, a very interesting day, night, whenever that game was for Brooks Kapka. For Brooks Kapka. Okay, here's my theory, and I'm calling my shot right now. I want people to understand I'm saying this on the 27th of March. Yes. This will inevitably turn into an orchestrated PR stunt. This was a plant. I believe at some point Aaron Eckblad and Brooks Kepka will have some sort of friendly bet on the golf course, on the ice. There's going to be a couple of, tra- and there's going to be some sponsorship and there's going to be some, maybe a charitable element. There is a Brooks Kepka was in the stands and just purposely yelling at Aaron Eckblad without some greater cause to it. There's a, mark my words. This is a PR stunt. What relationship do those two have? Like what well, is Kepka's the connection gone between to a those two? Bunch of Panthers games this year. So, like, I guess, but like even then, like that's that's like the most. In, I mean, it's no Kodak Black at a Florida Panthers game, mind <laughs> you, in a luxury box. I forgot about that with a with a significant other. But is this the weird celebrity moment of the season for us? Is this it? Like. Or I guess if you want to count the possibility of Ryan Reynolds owning an NHL team. But like, yeah, like this is just really weird to me. Like, I, I want more context. I want to know why he did this. I want to know. I really want to know where he got that cone well, from. I really you, want to know get- why he was able to get into the building with that with that cone. Because it's a PR stunt. That's why. But like for but like for what? And like for all people to do it to like Aaron Eckblad? Right, this is no my respect point. To Aaron Eckblad. Like he's it, not like the biggest name. It's too random. Anyway, like, like I don't know why. 
Like, like why? Well, look, producer Chris is now telling us that the uh, traffic cone slash pylon isn't a traditional plastic one. It's actually looks like it's a plush, like almost like a stuffed toy of a pylon. So why do you have that? Like, like I have so many questions. Just seeing the clip in isolation does not tell me enough about what I need to know. It's a plant. This is what they've done. They've but that's peaked, such a weird thing. They piqued your interest. Now you're like, what's the story behind this? And now they've got you hook, line, and sinker. Mark my words. Is this like a promo for that like golf Netflix show? It's good. Exactly. There's going to be some Michelob Ultra sponsorship here. Something's going to happen, and you're going to be like, ah, I should have seen it coming. That's all. That's all. I guess. But like, of all people, like, like if he took a run at like Matthew Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk's having a great year, by the way. But like that's a bigger name. That's like a like I'd like I'd love to see. I mean, look, Aaron Eckblad's a big boy. He can handle himself. And if he were to get into scrap with anybody, like you know, I don't know if I'm going against Aaron Eckblad. But I think it'd be a lot more entertaining if like Brooks Kepka went at Matthew Kachuk, and then Matthew Kachuk chirped back at Brooks Kepka. Like that would be like a fun. Back and forth. Has anyone spoken to Aaron Eckblad about this? No, and you know what? I the Panthers are in Ottawa today, and I because of the scheduling, I had to run out of the. Re- I would have loved to have chatted with him on this. I think we should. Like, I'm sure we'll find something about that. Okay, we're on the case. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Monday night, the Buffalo Sabres, Julian, are going to host the Montreal Canadiens in uh, what will be for the Buffalo Sabres, Julian, their third annual Pride Night game. Uh, The Sabres Mm -hmm. announcing uh, earlier on Monday that uh, they said, and I'll just read from their statement. They said, consistent Mm -hmm. with previous years, our team feels strongly that one way to garner support is through wearing Pride jerseys and using Pride tape in warm-up. That said... We are aware of general threats to certain players and understand their decision to forego risk. We continue to advocate for underrepresented groups um, in hockey and hope that our Pride Night, like many across the league, speaks uh, sparks meaningful conversation and encourages support for the LGBTQIA plus community within the sport of hockey and our city. So this has come down to uh, Ilya Labushkin of the uh, Buffalo Sabres will not Uh, wear the pride jersey on monday the rest of his teammates will and we're starting to see some of the teams around the league this is exactly so the sabers have opted to do what san jose did which is to say okay we get it one or two guys may not want to wear it we're going to leave that in their hands rest of us are doing it florida panthers same thing 
Uh, Chicago did something different, which is they completely, I guess, alien, you know, um, just uh, forego. Uh, they they just got rid of the the plan to to use the jerseys on on Pride Night, and and so I wonder if this now what we've seen out of Buffalo and San Jose and Florida is what we should expect to see uh, moving forward. That teams are going to do it, and if anybody doesn't want to do it, they're gonna just respectfully let them sit out the warm up. But here's the thing that really intrigues me the most with with all of this. At least at this point, because there's so many other elements to it. It's the fact that teams like San Jose, uh, the Florida Panthers are in this too, uh, and now Buffalo, they're they're willing to let their players who say that they don't want to wear the jersey, like put out some kind of statement or have some kind of explanation as to why they're not going to wear it. Like, I'm a bit surprised that, or at least to my knowledge, and I'm not trying to say, like, this is what teams should do, but I'm a bit surprised that, like, teams wouldn't say, you know what, we don't want the controversy at all. We want to show that we're a unified front and everyone's wearing it. Like, what does it take to scratch a guy for whatever reason and say, like, oh, like, the the, the, re- the quote-unquote reason is because they have an injury, which, I like, again, it's, it's ridiculous, and I wouldn't do this. It's just... I'm just trying to think from the side, from the viewpoint of, of an NHL team that would want to seem as together on this issue as they can and not have any kind of division or any kind, kind of blowback like what we've seen with some of those players. Like, has, is there no NHL team that has thought, and again, I'm not endorsing this, I'm just wondering aloud. What, is there no NHL team that has thought, okay, let's scratch the guy and have it for a different reason, like illness or whatever? No, but... Like, is... Like, why? Like, like, like I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not saying they should do that. I'm just wondering why that has not happened as far as we know. Well, I, and let, maybe let's, go, has. let's go back to Provorov, right? And that's a great example. Some people said, well, why wouldn't the Flyers just say, you know what? He's, he tweaks something. He's a no-go. Well, yeah. here's what I think. And you tell me if you agree or disagree. And people, people can agree or disagree. I think if you do that, and then six weeks, six months, six years later, it comes out that, well, it turns out this is why you scratched him. Don't you think everybody kind of looks bad at that point? Or no? Absolutely. Yeah. They so do. Absolutely, that's they my, do. That's my guess on it. Um, that's my guess on it. I, I guess. Um, I wonder if the player would be so forthcoming at that point whenever they would decide to do that or the team or whatever. And I guess, you know, you don't want to – it probably creates a – either you try to hide it. They say, they, they say what's done in the darkness eventually comes in the light, right? So – if you do that and then people figure that out, maybe that causes more of a firestorm. So if you get ahead of it and you deal with it in the moment, maybe that's better. I, I, I guess that's that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, at this point, it's just I just find it's just wild now. We're at a point where these knights have have taken on a whole other element where we are now looking to see like, OK, is someone going to sit out of these games? Uh, and I've made the point on the show before, like because of the culture of the sport, like it's hard for us to envision, like not envision, but it's hard for us to say, hey, let's focus on all the good things when one guy wants to be the black sheep and not partake in something like this. Like in Calgary, the last few days, like at almost any opportunity we've had, we've asked players straight up like, hey, like, have you guys discussed wearing the jersey? Have you guys, are, are you guys going to do it? Like, Nazim Kadri had to field questions about that and yeah. the James Reimer comments. 
Like, I know a couple people were not like, like, we're not like crazy about me asking uh, Nas, like, hey, like, if you had to wear, if you, your teammates were like a Muslim jersey, uh, and and James Reimer was like, you know what, I'm not going to do it. Like, how would you feel about it? Like, you know, people are like, why are we at this point? Like, why are we asking those questions? James Reimer put that in there. And the fact that we have to discuss it, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, it's ridiculous that we have to discuss it. But this is, it, it, you know, we've, we've, we've asked for years for NHL players to show off their individuality, to, to, you know, be, show more of their personality, to do all this stuff. And for this to be the thing, they want to use that as a way to show off their individuality. Like, I can understand why so so many people are disappointed. And also, we got we got to mention Eric Stahl too. We got to mention Eric Stahl. Have you seen the the, the Stahl brothers? The, yeah, obviously you saw the Stahl brothers and the fact that not only did they say, "Okay, you know what, we're not going to wear the jersey," but Eric Stahl gets confronted with media after the fact, and he's like, "There's there's video evidence of you wearing a, a Pride Night jersey." I was with the Canadians. He's like, "I never wore a jersey." We're at a point now where people are taking that video and they're adding the curb your enthusiasm theme. Like afterward. Oh, that's like that's when you know it's over. That's when you know it's over. Like this has just become this absolutely ridiculous thing, this weird hill for people to die on for religious reasons, for uh yeah. Russian law reasons, which I'm not even convinced it's solely because of that. I mean, even Bill Daly saying, like, okay, it's not the biggest threat out there for those players. Like, I don't know. It's it's a it's a I don't know. I, I guess there are people who will say like, hey, you know, it's opinion. We have to respect people's opinions and all that. And I get all that. Doesn't mean we can't criticize those opinions or 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 ask questions why or 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 feel the way we want to feel about them, I guess. So, yeah, it's a bit disappointing to see that people, players in the NHL have decided this is the thing that they're going to show their individuality or their beliefs on. And even if their beliefs should be respected and people all all people deserve to be treated respectfully and treat them the way you want to be treated. It's a bit disappointing to see that players uh, that some players would want to do that. Considering that there are people out there who see those symbols as like genuine symbols that matter in terms of inclusivity and welcoming them into a sport that has been labeled conservative, uh, very much uh, a white sport. Like there's so many labels attached to it that seeing them even endorse something like this is a huge step in the in in that direction. You know, one thing I want to shout out is is Hockey Night in Canada Saturday night second intermission gave Brian Burke yeah the platform. And you know, Brian is somebody who on this topic speaks from the heart. He speaks passionately, eloquently, and you know, they gave him the forum on a national broadcast to talk about why it matters to wear the jerseys. And I thought, okay, I thought he explained himself really well. Um I'm glad that on a national broadcast, they didn't uh, put their head in the sand and act like that story isn't going on. Uh, so I thought that was good. And, and, and what you want, though, is, is meaningful conversations to come out of this, right? That's, that's what the end game should be, meaningful conversations. And those conversations don't happen on social media. They don't happen when all everyone's trying to do is dunk on each other and get the most retweets because for whatever. They happen when you sit down with the Brock McGillises of the world or the Brian Burks of the world. And, um, you know, that's what I'm hoping. I, I really love, I saw the Calgary Flames are putting out their uh, uh, Pride Night sweaters designed by uh, Megan Parker, uh, who's from yeah. Calgary. Um, those look awesome. Those look great. And I'm, I'm, I'm very proud that the Calgary Flames have decided as a group that we're going to wear these. Uh, not an easy decision, apparently, but 
But I'm 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 proud. I'm proud there's been a number of teams that have done this. Shout out the Oilers too. I mean, even though they didn't have a yeah. jersey, all those guys were uh they had the pride tape and stuff. I don't know if you saw over the weekend as well. Someone tried to impersonate a TSN reporter and put out a false statement about uh, oh, Jack about Campbell Jack not Campbell. wearing it. That was that was like a, that was give your head work. a shake, dude. Like that, I think it's such a excuse my friends, that's such a bullshit thing to do. You know, like just trying to create clicks for no reason. And I get it. Fine. Maybe I'm I'm leaning into it by talking about it on such a platform that we're talking about it. But like if you feel you're at a point where that's where you want to do and you want to just be this like shit poster online and, and do stuff like that. You're a loser. Whatever. You're an absolute loser and a joke. You, you you're probably at home. Cookie crumbs on your stomach. Like you're a loser. <laughs> cookie crumbs. Yeah, no, that, that, that's what it is. That's what it is. You probably at home in your basement somewhere. You're just in your underwear, cookie crumbs on your stomach, you know, no watching the life pass you by and you're just doing crap like that. You have no life. You're a loser. And if people want to get mad about that, well, you know, sue me because I think that's loser behavior to get to a point where you're trying to impersonate people and create some faith, some false statement like that. Whether it's for <laughs> trades or anything, like that. but even that, like like a legit false statement saying that like Jack Campbell isn't going to wear the jersey, like like yeah. that's I think that's such a loser thing to do, you know. And I like fun, I like I like chaos, I like fun stuff too. But I think in that situation, like I think you're just being a loser. You you got to get specific about the type of cookie though. You got to say like you know what you're sitting there with your fig Newton crumbs all over you because you're a loser because that's a Bro. loser's cookie. Fig Bro, Newton would be a loser's Newtons? cookie. Who the hell out here eating Fig Newtons? That's what I'm saying. Only losers would eat Fig Newton, right? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't. I've never had a Fig Newton. In all fairness, this but is like, my I point. I don't see that as a thing I would try to have. You know, like exactly. you're not having, you're not having chocolate chips, or maybe you are having chocolate chip cookies, but you no, maybe you have. You know you're having? Yeah, I don't you're know. having oatmeal raisin because you're a loser. That's what <laughs> losers. Are. Oatmeal Man, raisin. I, I have a take. I don't think oatmeal raisin cookies are that bad. Considering you've never <laughs> eaten, completely changes everything. I don't think. Well, considering you've never would, eaten a fig Newton, I don't know how much of a cookie connoisseur I can. Uh, I would I much can, rather I want take a chocolate chip cookie, a white mac, a white macadamia nut, uh the 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 dark chocolate ones with the white like chocolate chips, like which are probably macadamia nuts, like anything with a chocolate chip, like those are in that high grade, high tier cookie, yep. you know. Like, 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 like oatmeal raisin cookie. Like, I'm gonna be like, okay, I'll eat it, but it's not like I gotta reach for those. Oh, so if you were putting together a line, like chocolate chip cookies are first line cookie, right? That's like to me that is that is like high standard. Like, like, dude, you could put them as your that that's the center of that line because number like, one center. they can they they play a two way game. Like, they're they're very stable. You could put them on for a ton of minutes. Like, a lot of people like them. Uh, they get along with you could plug them with almost anybody. Like a lot of people like chocolate chip cookies. Oreos like, are a first line left winger. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Regular Oreos or like the white Oreos? Like because because you got to think about some of the variations as well. No, no. Regular standard Oreos are a first liner, and then like Ooh. oatmeal raisin is like a fourth line, thirteenth forward. Yeah, when we I need think you. that's more than fair. And, and, and again, <laughs> like, and, and look, you need four flying players to to get you going. You need a thirteenth forward for depth. I think at the end of the day, yeah. like you you might need that oatmeal cookie for depth. But I think I have no problem with 
uh, chocolate chip cookie at the center, uh, Oreo on the left wing, and then on the right wing. What's a see? Really I would good- I would go with uh, Girl Scout mint thin cookies. For me, I think that's but a, I know that could be I a little. I think that's polarized. a middle six. That's a good middle six. <laughs> it's a middle that's six a good middle six. And by the way, co- Fig Newton. Really good. Co- Fig Newtons are in the East Coast League. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they're they're scrapping with like Tootsie Rolls or something. Like, I I don't see them. We need like a definitive cookie ranking. What's a really good right winger? Oh man, I don't want. We need to stick on this for a second because. Who's a good right winger to play on that top line in terms of like top tier cookies? Because like this is, oh man, I'm you, Girl Scout cookies. I guess, but like, surely there are other ones that we could put. Like, what about those like maple cookies? Those maple ones you get like in the shape of a tree. See, our American <laughs> listeners have no idea. Now they you're talking no pylons. That's not a thing. I don't know if they know those. Man, that might be a third line. That might be a third line winger. That might be a third line. Oh, what about the, um, oh, God, those Christmas cookies. Those gingerbread soft, cookies? I mean, I guess that mm, gingerbread cookies could easily be a second line winger. But, I mean, those, like, soft, like, Pillsbury ones that, like, you get in the roll, you cut them up. They have the little, like, Christmas tree logo on them or, oh, yeah. or some kind of and Christmas thing on them. It's the same one for Halloween and it's a pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. That's versatility. Yeah, sugar cookies. Sugar, yeah, sugar cookies. Put them on your, that, those are left and right wingers you could put on your second or your third line. There we go. See? We we got some agreement here. We got some agreement. Oh, man. Oh, what about those cookies you get in those blue tins? You know those blue tins with all the different assortment of cookies? Like, it's that blue tin where, like, if you open it and you're, like, you're up, like, you're like oh, you could get cookies or you could open it. It's like, oh, it's just, like. Uh, yarn and and needles and like people sometimes use those tins for like other they, stuff like stations. This is gonna sound weird. Are those cookies from like Denmark? I think they are like Danish cookies. Yeah. The in the yeah. blue tin. Yeah, in the blue tin. They're from like Denmark. Yeah, like butter. Cookies. I think yes, butter cookies. Yep. There you go. I realize there are people listening now. Realizing, hey, this podcast has gone completely off the rails. We were talking about cookies as left and right wiggers and centers for a fictional hockey team. But you have to understand, not that much has happened in the last few days. No. Give well, us a break, no, okay? just Other than everything we just talked about. That too. Uh, busy. Busy. Hey, by the way, do you feel like all the playoff races are settled? No. Like, like it, it, the wild card, I mean, in each side. I kind of feel like the Islanders and the Penguins now, and man, I I don't know. I think they've got that lockdown, and I feel like the Kraken and the Jets have the lockdown, and now it's just about positioning. And I, I, look, I think it's a great race with the Avalanche, uh, you know, for first place. There's some other fun races, but I, I kind of do. You, do you not feel like we know the 16 playoff teams right now? No, because Florida in the East is still kind of. I mean, they've lost three in a row. That's really bad for them, but. That's They're still kind of I mean. hanging around a little bit. Uh, like it, I don't know. There's still a bunch of games left, and maybe something happens. And every time I really want to write off the Calgary Flames in the West, like the Winnipeg Jets lose enough to kind of keep them around. Like both Winnipeg and Calgary right now are at 74 games played, and Calgary's like four points behind Winnipeg. 
yes, Nashville has like two games in hand. They lost to the Leafs the other day. Like, I don't know. I, you know what it is for me? I don't want to be that guy that says it's over. And then with like two games left, it's like, oh, my God, like there's a chance that this could happen. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be on freezing cold takes. Essentially, I don't want to be that guy that writes oh, the article old, that like says, the, okay, uh, this the is old, over. Uh, old takes exposed guy. Yeah, I don't want yeah, to be yeah. that guy that says, like, dude, like, this is over. Like, this team's done. And then, like, you, 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 you see, like, a team ends up making it. And then you learn that, like, yeah, we heard a lot of people say that uh, we weren't going to make it. And then you, like, walk around the locker room and then you see, like, your, your article, like, printed out on, like, a, a stall somewhere being like, oh, yeah, you doubted us. Like, I, I don't want that. I'm I'm I said I wrote the the flames have a near impossible hill to climb, which is very true. Until they get eliminated, I'm gonna hold off on the, you know, they're dead kind of but thing. They're still technically alive. Mathematically speaking, but they're technically still alive. But that's the beauty of saying something on a podcast. It's not bulletin board material. They're not gonna they're not gonna play this audio clip in front of the locker. Daryl Sutter's not gonna get the whole team together and say, guys. Listen to Julian, what he said at the 47-33 mark of the pod. Like, bulletin board material has to be in print. Yeah, but, like, I mean, audio material is a thing, too. Where, like, clips go around. What if Chris, like, takes a clip of me saying, like, oh, man, the Calgary Flames are done. You could you stick a fork in them. And then it goes out there. And then, like, Flames fans take it. And then, like, Milan Lucic sees it. He's like, I bet. You, you say we're done? And then... I have to confront him in the locker. You ever had that before where you said like, hey, man, like the, the senators were done or something was going to happen to the Seds. And then you have to like confront like Danny Heatley or like Dan- Daniel Alfredson about it. And he's like, ah, oh, crap. Like, I got that wrong. I'm sure you've had that. I I guess. But but you like I cover Ottawa when they had the Hamburglar run and I I wrote them off. I would go on talk radio every day and say these guys are cooked. But they thought they were cooked, too. That's the thing. That's true. That's so, true. Uh, you know what? Okay. Here's what I'm saying. Friendly yeah. bet. Okay. I say, as of today, the 16 playoff teams that we see today will be the 16 playoff teams in three weeks. I say Agree no. Or and, disagree? Uh, I, I, I think that there's still that potential for one of maybe the Islanders or Pittsburgh. I, I think Florida could find a way in. I will I will go I will say that Florida will find a way in as a okay. playoff team and I will yeah why not friendly bet I'll say at least that I will say that the 16 teams okay, how about this? in the east and the west are not going to be the same uh when it comes time for the playoffs I'm I will Lo- say that. loser has to send a tin of blue danish cookies to the other guy Oh yes done that done bet. done done let's do it Easy parameters of a bet. I say these sixteen Easy. teams make it. You say uh, you say there's not. Hey, let's open up the mailbag here real quick uh, because yeah. you and I, a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about. I think it was two episodes ago, Julian, where you were saying, "Hey, should there be like a minimum games played for the Hart Trophy?" Yes. And Darcy wrote into the show, the Athletic Hockey Show at gmail.com. Darcy emailed us and said. Uh, listen to the March 13th episode of the podcast. You guys were talking about the minimum amount of games to win the Hart Trophy. Uh, you guys at one point were speculating that probably nobody played fewer than 70 games. But I'm sure in the meantime, you've been reminded Mario Lemieux uh, missed 24 games in 1992-93 uh, due to cancer. 
uh, but still came back, won the scoring title with 160 points and uh, won the Hart Trophy despite only appearing in 60 games. So there you That's go. There, there's our answer of fewest games for a skater to win the Hart Trophy. That 60 games is fine for me. Because at that time it was still eighty two or at least or eighty four or something like that. Like that's still playing three quarters of a season. You missed a quarter of a year, and the fact he was able to do that despite what was going on, like that makes it even more impressive. I'm talking about like if a guy plays like forty one games in a season, like do we still consider him in consideration for an award? Like I don't think no, that should be. A I thing. don't think so. if he plays if he plays fifty five sixty games. Like that's like sixty games. I think is more that is 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 well enough for to be for him for a player to be considered in that. If you if you played exactly half, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. But anyway, there, there's the answer to our question. Uh, fewest games ever was sixty. So I appreciate that uh, uh, that note from Darcy. All right, time for Jack Adams, winner of the week on the Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. And guess what? You're going to be really shocked by this, Julian. Jim Montgomery is up again with a four and a week again Damn. every week. How about, how about Montgomery, by the way, going into Carolina Sunday in a, let's call it what it was clash of the Titans and you know, no Bergeron, no Marchand. Like he sits out a, a couple of key guys. They still win. Uh, it's crazy. Four and oh, it's a really uh, good team, but you know what? LA went three and oh last week. Vegas went three and zero last week. John Tortorella had the Flyers go three and zero last week. Who do, who are we looking at? Who did the best job coaching last week? I mean, the fact that you're able to go into a team like Carolina and beat them without some of your best players, and still go perfect and, and keeping your perfect streak intact for that week, kind of hard to argue against Jim Montgomery. No, I think he probably deserves it. Yeah, I think I don't think, really think there's a debate here. Is there? Not like, really. Four and zero. Um. Yeah, and 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 beating arguably your biggest I don't know, maybe maybe Carolina not so could much with the East, injuries. Could be an Eastern Conference final preview, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's a very realistic chance uh those two teams can meet, but yeah, the Bruins are on a what what is it, seven game uh seven game winning streak and and they win that game without some of their best players. And it's it's unbelievable. And, and and even on Saturday, they beat Tampa Bay two to one in a pretty uh at times a feisty affair and well, you know, kind of low checking, hard scoring. Like it just seems like they're on this little run right now, and it's hard not to give Montgomery some credit. So yeah, I think you know what? Hands down. No Let's debate do here. Jim Montgomery. Put him in. He gets it. Put him in. He takes it. Um and then let's wrap up with a little multiple choice madness. Speaking of the Bruins, Ooh. they're part of this year. Uh, Julian, yes. uh, I want to know down the stretch, what is the most compelling race for you to personally watch in the final couple of weeks of the season? Is it a Connor McDavid trying to get to 70 goals? Is it B Eric Carlson trying to get to a hundred points or C is it the aforementioned Boston Bruins trying to set an NHL record, which is within their reach for wins and points in a single season? What is it for you, Julian? I don't know if location has to do with it or the excitement of the player. I want to see Connor McDavid get to 70. I think for him, uh, the fact that he got to 60 in the amount of games he was able to get to is impressive enough as it is. But I think if Connor McDavid puts himself in a position where he can get to 70 goals, like how do you not 
get excited for that. Okay, he has like a, a couple handful of games left before the end of the year. And I know for him, obviously, him winning a cup matters more than anything else. But it is not out of the realm of possibility that like Connor McDavid can get himself to 70 goals. Like trying to think of some teams he's up against. Uh, dude, we're recording this on the Monday. Uh, and he plays against the Arizona Coyotes in Arizona tonight. Gets the Golden Knights, then the Kings, then the Ducks, then the Kings again, then the Ducks again, then the Sharks, then the Avs, then the Sharks again. There are some teams in that stretch. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's nine games left for him. There are some teams in that stretch where, I mean, almost every game in that lineup, he could score a goal, you know? And I feel as if, I don't know. I feel like if if that's something that Connor really like cares about or like he's at least thinking about it in some way, I can't see his teammates not trying to dish him the puck. They know when they put the puck on a stick, like he does all these great things. It helps them win games, you know, like this is one of those things where it's like, you know, we're not just doing this because, you know, just because we want to see him just break this record and this will be fun. But like Connor McDavid's your best player. If he scores goals, he's going to help you win games. He could dominate games the way he can dominate them. Seeing him go to 70 would actually be advantageous for, for this team, especially as uh, in the playoffs right now, like five points back of, of, of Los Angeles. There's probably not a chance to go to win the Pacific division, but uh, you know, they could probably use a bit more separation and, and avoid any opportunity of them falling somehow in the wild card standing. So yeah, I, I, I would like to see uh Connor McDavid hit 70. Okay. But here, here's a question. And we saw it. I just talked about it with Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bruins sat some players. Uh, if you're Edmonton and you, like you said, you don't really think you can move up, maybe you've secured your spot. And McDavid, what, like, I guess at that point it might be the player's call, but what, like, how, what do you do there in that situation? Do you let him play to try to get the 70 goals or do you just let him, hey, no, 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 hey, man, shut it down at 66. It's fine. We're going to rest you for the last two games of regular season. Away you go. That's a fair point, right? You and, know? But, like, I, I don't know. I mean, we're not at a point where, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility for that. I think at that point, like, it's it's a conversation between Jay Woodcroft and, and Conor McDavid at that point just to see, like, you know, how like how close. If he's at a point where it's, like, two games to go and you're, like, 63 goals, like, fine. Like, you're not going to get – you might not get to 70. If you're at 66, two games to go, you think about it. I don't see why not, especially if your final two games of the year are – I mean, Colorado's a tough one. Sharks, you play the Sharks in two of your final three games. Ample opportunity to get some goals. That's if you care. That's if you really want to do it. But like, I live in a world where I want to see him do it. So, yeah. Oh man! All right. Well, I'll tell you what. For me on this one, I I might, man, I might, I might think about Carlson and the hundred points, and Ooh. and and I know that Roman Yossi kind of flirted with it. Uh, you know, last season. So it's not like we haven't kind of seen somebody get close to it, but you know, I, I was shocked when I saw that the other day, uh, like this hasn't been done by a defenseman since Brian Leach in 1992. And that's kind of crazy. Like we've had a 70 goal scorer more recently than we've had a hundred point defenseman. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's, 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 so, it's, it's insane. And it and- is, it's truly insane. That's he's ha- in terms of offense, like he's having himself like an incredible season. Uh, and it's wild to see that like we're getting year after year of dynamic defensive players who are defensemen who are able to put up points 
uh, at that rate. I still think, uh, I don't know if I mentioned on the show before, but I really would like to see a Paul Coffey award for the best offensive defenseman in the league. Because we've seen it before. We're like, Roman Yossi had almost 100 points. And he, and that was not enough for him to win the Norris Trophy. There was a year where John Carlson had a high-scoring year as well. He did not win the, the Norris Trophy. Roman Yossi won it that year. I wonder now, with the conversation with the Norris Trophy, with Eric Carlson, as good as he's been, uh, you know, the plus-minus says he's a minus 17, but uh, I've heard people make the point that, like, he was on the ice a lot for, for like, empty net goals and stuff like that, and how much does that, like, affect things with him? Like, I wonder, like, if people are saying, like, well, he's maybe he has the offense up, but maybe the defense isn't where it should be. Like, maybe it should go to Adam Fox instead. Maybe someone else should get it. Like, I, I wonder, like, where are we at with the Eric Carlson Norris Trophy discourse? Is it unanimous for him? And I think one way to solve that problem in future years is for the NHL to come up with an award where the defenseman with the highest scoring points wins that award. And at the very least, even if they don't win the Norris for all around, like, they should still be acknowledged for their year. At, look, only five defensemen in the history of the game have had a 100-point season, and they are Bobby Orr, Denny Potvan, Al McInnes, Paul Coffey, and Brian Leach. That's it. The history of the game. Five guys. So that's the one I'm, I'm – I just want to see it. I, I, I want to see a 100-point defenseman, and there's been a generation plus that's gone through without seeing a defenseman get 100 points. So um, I'd like to see that, oh but I, I think all of these uh, – Truth be told, all of these races are pretty fun and compelling. Like I said, I feel like a lot of the playoff races have essentially been decided, but there's a lot to watch for, right? Like final couple of weeks of the season. I think this stuff is fun. Like it's uh, absolutely. It's, it's also, I say, oh my god, because I just realized that uh, Eric Carlson is third among all skaters in even strength assists. Yeah, there are only two players. There are only two players in the NHL right now. Uh, who have more assists at even strength than Eric Carlson. It's Connor McDavid and Nikita Kucherov, who is having the quietest 100-point season in recent memory. Yeah. Man, it's it's great. It, look, it's, it's going to be fun to watch, whether it's the Bruins trying to go for 63 wins or 133 points or McDavid to 70 or Carlson to 100. Man, there's yeah, there's a lot to to kind of be excited for uh, down the stretch here in, uh, in, in the final couple of weeks of the season. Look, that is it. And a reminder, we've got the Danish cookie bet. Okay? Yes. Danish, Danish cookie, cookie bet. bet. On the line. 16 teams that are in today. I say they're the 16 that, that, that are in, in in a couple of weeks. So we want the listeners to remind us. Remind us of that. And we, we also want your cookie lineup, don't we? Don't we want people's cookie lineups? Yep. So hit us up. Hit us up on Twitter or send us a comment in the comment section or tweet at us. Give us your cookie line. <laughs> give us your cookie lineup. Uh, Julian and I were remarkable. I think we were pretty similar on that, which was great. Yeah, I don't think we had any issues on cookies. I think we're, the, we're we, pretty... We, we had Fig Newton just buried, in, like I said, in the East Coast League. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Fig Newtons getting into my lineup anytime soon. <laughs> You're going to have to show me something. That's right. All right, we'll leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a rating or review. We certainly do appreciate that. Follow us on YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash at the Athletic Hockey Show. We got a great deal for you right now. If you're not a subscriber to us, uh, we got so much great content out there. Hockey, 
time. Hey, baseball season's coming up. Whatever it is, uh, if you're a sports fan, it's a great time to take advantage of this. A one-year subscription to The Athletic, it's a dollar a month when you visit athletic.com slash hockey show. Of course, see.